0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on another big night in the Premiership. Celtic are off to St Mirren looking to right the wrongs of last month's defeat. Kelly Motherwell is underway with Livy Aki's falling victim to the snow and Kamar Roof's banned for two games after failing to win his appeal against that tackle on Murray Davidson. I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me this evening Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi. Yep, and the uh, motherwell Kilmarnock game already kicked off, but I'm sure the news that will dominate tonight is the ban for Kima Roof, the two-game ban uh, for the tackle on Murray Davidson last week. I'm sure the Rangers fans will have plenty to say about that. And for the Celtic fans, uh, a chance for Celtic to win their third game uh, in a row, which has happened um, in a long time. So tonight they go to Paisley to play against uh, a St Mirren side who beat Celtic the last time 2-1. At Parkhead, so Jim Goodwin and his players will be highly confident. You were spoiled rotten, Andy Halliday. We've got more midweek football, not as much as we thought we would with the weather uh, playing a part, but two big games nevertheless. Two big games, and you can't actually blame it on anyone for the game we're watching tonight because it's the only one that's kicked off at six o'clock. Got so, away again. Yeah, much needed back to back wins for Celtic. Can they make it three on the trot against a St Mon St Mon side? You know, two weeks after that huge upset, and, and like uh, Matt touched on there, Kelly and Motherwell, both teams in, in desperate need for a win. And see the thing is No matter what happens On the show tonight right? No matter how bad he is At beat the pundit No matter how much Of a failure he is At the full time teaser No matter how many Nonsensical points he makes Andy Halliday's day Cannot get any worse No nope. He arrived And I've never seen you Look so stressed is it, Have you calmed down You managed to take a bit of time My heart rate's Just starting <laughs> to get back To, to, to rest and beat So uh, Yep Just to, to give the, the listeners A bit of a heads up If you're going down what's that what's that road called? We need to warn them. Is that Kilbowie Road? Kilbowie Road. If you're going down Kilbowie Road, <laughs> take it at caution because I hit the biggest pothole you've ever seen in the world to the point that I've wrecked two tires and went straight through it. Mark, so. have you ever heard anyone go two tires through the no. same same pothole? Me me neither, I must admit. I, no. I, I live and learn. Well, one one um, a number of times, uh, but two, no, nah. I mean Andy showed me a, a photo uh, of his tires there uh, with, with the two of them, and uh, I'm surprised actually. He made it having to travel the best part of a mile to get in here with two tyres uh, in that condition. But help is on its way. Yep, yep. Coast, coasted into the building, you might say. But uh, luckily, I've got a good friend, Andy, who can who can help me out with his tyres and he's coming to, to sort me out. So. Right. We're, gl- we're glad you're here safe. And uh, just there's a, a little public warning to everybody. If you're driving out there in these conditions, take it easy. And go easy on Andy Halliday. He's, he's had a bad night. 0141 951 1025 That is the number You need to get in touch tonight You can tweet us as well At Clyde SSB But it's so much better on the phone I think you'll agree 0141 951 1025 St Mirren Celtic Is a massive game to build up to What are you thinking Ahead of that one St Mirren went to Celtic Park And won They now have home advantage What does that say uh, For their chances Of doing a repeat tonight uh, Celtic fans Why not do the traditional uh, Build up on the show Come on here and pick your team let us know who you think should play, who shouldn't play. We've now seen a couple of different combinations in recent times. So get on here, pick your team and let us know if you've seen enough signs uh, that Celtic can avoid defeat unlike they did when the sides met recently. 01419511025. Give us a call. Let's go there actually uh, to Paisley, St Mirren against Celtic. No weather issues there, Alison. Pitch looking good. 
absolutely no weather issues here. It's an absolutely beautiful night here in Paisley. Absolutely freezing, but the pitch looks perfect. There's not even really much snow round about the pitch here, so they've done a great job of clearing it because we all know what it's like outside the stadium and all around Glasgow and the West. But, yeah, a good game ahead, we're hoping. You know, less than two weeks after St Mirren won at Celtic Park for the first time in 30 years they meet tonight. Neil Lennon says a few choice words after that game have made a difference to his players, and he believes they are a very different side going into the rematch. Jim Goodwin, though, says confidence is high in his team because of that. He does say he's wary of Celtic this time round, but he does believe that his players can produce a repeat performance at home. Albion Ayeti, of course, available for selection after he avoided that two-game ban. Ismaila Soro had a bump in his car yesterday, but he should also be available for Celtic. It's an eight o'clock kick-off here in Paisley, so I should have the teams around quarter to seven. Uh, that means plenty of time for you lot out there on the phones to give us your pre-match thoughts. How do you see it going, Celtic fans? Do you now go into these games with a, a bit of confidence, having strung a couple of wins together? Or are the old worries, the old concerns still there, lingering away? And who should play? Pick your team. 01419511025. Um, Mark Guidi, if you look at it on paper, which obviously is not where football's played, St Mirren went to Celtic Park and won just two weeks ago. Is there any reason why they can't do the same at home tonight? Oh, if they, if they show the the same level of of, of commitment and um, and skill, then yeah, uh, they they can they can do it again. They absolutely can. Um, at, at home, I think that was probably from Celtic's point of view that was the the sort of last straw for Shane Duffy. Um, you know, just the way that he defended that night simply uh, wasn't good enough. So he's been out of the starting lineup um, ever since. But uh, for St Mirren, yeah, uh, you know, I said that the. At the night that the the defeated Rangers in the Betfred Cup, that one thing that St Mirren do possess, middle to front, is good pace. You know they've got lots of energy, good pace in the team, and if teams allow them to do so, they will they will hurt the, the opposition. So if Celtic are to make it uh, three wins in a row, then they will have to really produce uh, something quite special to beat this, this St Mirren team. Andy, what are you thinking ahead of that one? I expect to see a different result to to the one we've seen at, at Celtic Park, but I've got to touch on what Mark said there. I, I think I think a lot of teams have improved this year in the SPL, and I think you know Jim Goodwin, St Mirren are certainly one, and and that's the main reason. I think it's just a, a, a athleticism, um, legs in the middle, middle to front of the pitch, and and they could be organised at the back as well. So I think it's going to be it's going to be a dangerous night for Celtic in the counter attack, but. I think they're off the back of, in my opinion, their best seventy-minute performance for a for a long, long time. Celtic at the weekend, so I do expect them to get points on the board. Will they drop two? I'm not too sure, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll go for a Celtic win. All right, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Give us all your pre-match thoughts. We're here until eight o'clock, so there's plenty of time to build up to that one to keep you up to speed on Kelly Motherwell. To look at Kamar Roof's situation on the disciplinary front today. Another day, another disciplinary matter. All great fun for everyone out there. Uh, so get the goal, calls in or tweet us. At Clyde SSB Jerry's a Celtic fan uh, First through tonight uh, Jerry, Is there a confidence Coming back As a Celtic fan Ahead of these fixtures Or still A, a nagging doubt After the way things Have been in recent months No there's definitely Still nagging doubts Gordon I feel like um, Yeah two, two wins are great But Celtic really need to go On a run of winning games um, I, I really feel that if, if we had actually Come back from Dubai And actually had gone On a real winning run You've seen some of Rangers' poor performances and they've dropped points with Motherwell and Hamilton. That would have, it would be really interesting to see what would happen if, if we had actually won our games and if Rangers had been able to handle the pressure of a challenge. Unfortunately, we have completely let ourselves down. And I just feel tonight is another real banana skin. You know, Jim Goodwin's got some playing some terrific football. 
Um, I just, I, I really am concerned going into this game um, because we haven't been able to put a winning run together this season. Yeah, when you look at the win column, um, Andy, for Celtic in recent times, they did manage three wins in a row going into the Rangers game. You remember that was why they felt a little bit better about themselves and in fact played pretty well in that, that Rangers game. So the three wins at Ross County, Hamilton, Dundee United. Um, before that, you have to go back to, I think it was late September, early October uh, for three consecutive wins. So you, you don't need me to point out that that's problematic for a, a team that's trying to, to win leagues. Yeah, I mean, it was a much needed back-to-back wins, but you know, you've know you got to remember as well, after after Motherwell pulled one back, it, it only stopped a, a fantastic goal line clearance in the last minute to avoid them dropping a, a further two points. Don't get me wrong, they, I think over the, the course of the game they fully deserve to win it, but I think it's too early to say that Celtic have turned a corner. I think another win tonight will certainly help. And, you know, maybe put a little bit of pressure on Rangers, but at the end, I mean, Rangers are 21 points ahead now, so you, you've got to feel it's a little bit too little too late, but... You know, it's uh, it's important that the Celtic players and the and the management try and win back the fans. We we certainly you know try to salvage a bit of pride with our run from the, the end of the season. Jerry, is there a is there a settled look to the Celtic team? Is there is there starting to, to be what I noticed? You know, Stephen Welsh, for instance, playing again at the weekend and scoring. Um, are you starting to see that type of consistency that might last till the end of the season, or is it is it going to still be chopping and changing? No, you, you just can't tell at this, this moment because we don't have a, a goalkeeper who we can rely on. We've got, you know, a central defensive partnership of Chris Iyer and Welsh, and, and they look good, but we've only had two games together. Fullback's an issue with Taylor Laxall, who's going to start there. Um, but John Joe Kenny looks good, I have to say. I mean, I know that, you know, that it's only been a couple of games, um, but he does look promising. Um, the, the real positive probably is Edward, you know, I mean, people have been criticising him for not being as. as Good as he has been in previous seasons, but he's still—I think he's still top scorer in the SBL. That might be right yep. or something close to that. So, right. you know, he's, he's scoring goals, um, even if it's not as many as maybe it was before. But you know, there's just there's so many problems at Celtic. Um, I, we just have to take one game at a time. But that is why you know every game from now to the end of the season has to be a cup final. And Neil Lennon—he won't be, in my opinion, the Celtic manager next season. But if he wants to even have a chance of getting the fans back on side. He has to get a winning run between now and the end of the season. Don't know what's going to happen with the Scottish Cup, obviously, but hopefully if that did go ahead, mm-hmm. we'd have to have a serious challenge in that. But every game now for him, you know, his, his reputation is on the line with the Celtic fans. I'm just wondering, um, Jerry, on that then, whether you want this to be the case or not. I wonder if, if you or Celtic fans have accepted that he's going to be there until the end of the season. Is that... Because I know there's still banners going up at training grounds And banners going up outside And you know strong opinions on this show and others About why that shouldn't be the case But rightly or wrongly Do you feel like he's now going to be there Till the end of the season? I think I think it's clear I mean with, with you know the Celtic fans are really upset With his so-called January I never believed it anyway I think it was just a, a fobbing the fans off After the previous protests But yeah he, he definitely will be there Till the end of the season And the problem you've got looking forward is Who's going to choose the new manager? Is it going to be Peter Lowell or Dominic Mackay? When's he going to come in? Is it going to be before the Champions League qualifiers? Is it going to be after? There's so many unanswered questions in Celtic right now. I think the fans are really angry that we're not getting answers as to where we move forward. Yeah, Mark, that, that's why there is a, there's a state of flux here to an extent because there will be optimists, but I, I get the impression most Celtic fans feel like a win tonight, I mean, great, it's a win, but it's, it's not going to be enough to really do anything in the title race. And maybe they now feel that actually a defeat tonight or a failure to win won't won't bring around change in the dugout anyway because they've had those disappointments and, and nothing has moved on yet. 
No, I think that the, and I think Jerry makes a lot of good points and asks a lot of you know raises a, a lot of good questions that, that many Celtic fans are, are wanting answers to. But I think it's going to be a while, uh, Jerry, before you get any confirmation from from the the Celtic hierarchy on Neil Lennon. I think Neil Lennon, regardless, will be the Celtic manager. Uh, and then we might see something once Rangers have won the league once it's official now whether that's with seven, six, five, four games to go who knows but but Rangers are going to win the league and once that's happened then we, we, we might see something on um, on Neil Lennon's uh, future I don't think the Scottish Cup is going to happen to me now it, it looks uh, impossible after this latest uh, decision yesterday to to further postpone um, the 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 League yeah, One and League Two it. games and Lowland Leagues and, and women's football um, as well. On the the other points about who's choosing the, the the new manager or who will decide if Neil Lennon stays on to be the manager next season, well, that, that will be Dermot Desmond's uh, call or certainly it should be Dermot Desmond's call in conjunction with Dom Mackay, the new chief executive, because he's got to work with Neil Lennon or any new regime moving forward. One thing that I think that is going to happen and that Dom Mackay is in uh, total favour of is um, the introduction of a director of football or technical director, whatever you want so to you call it. you think that. there'll be that restructure? That, that process is well underway. Well underway. And uh, there, there, there's names on the list and I think at least one person um, has been um, sounded out, if not interviewed. So that is going to happen uh, for sure. And then the, the, the rest of the structure... Will, will slowly but surely um, take place. But I think, Jerry, like all Celtic supporters and, and all season ticket holders that have put their money into the club and will be debating whether they put money into the club next season, then they, they need to know what, what's happening at the football club. Just because Mark given us that wee insight, Jerry, what do you make of that? Is that something that would encourage you a bit of a, a different structure going forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I, all due respect to Mark, but I think the thing is the Celtic fans want to hear that from the club. We don't want to hear you know, rumours and hearsay. We want answers. We want, you know, definitive action. I, I would like a director of football. I'd have no problem with that. Um, especially considering a lot of people feel that Peter Lawwell has been the director of football over the past few years and that's caused a lot of the uh, transfer shenanigans such as John McGinn, for example. But yeah, I'm, I'm all in favour of a new setup. but we want we want answers. We want direction. We want, you know, to be clear on what the way forward is. And right now, as you say, we're in limbo. You know, we're, we're just trodding along with Neil Lennon game from game. And, and that's not good enough for Celtic fans, especially those who have fought out, you know, hundreds of pounds to watch games on, which quite frankly are dodgy live streams being presented by Jerry McCulloch. No disrespect to him, but he's, you know, he is what he is. I just wish that we had a better product. I wish we had a better club right now. We're treating the fans with more respect. Thank you very much, uh, Jerry. In co-winning, there's just certain points you're just never going to take up on this show, isn't there? Uh, thanks, though, uh, to Jerry for giving us a call. Let's hear from two managers ahead of tonight. Jim Goodwin first. Yeah, exact same. I don't mind telling you. Um, I don't mind telling Neil Lennon either. If he watches this back, we'll just do the exact same. I'm asking for a carbon copy of that performance that we got against Parkhead. Um, you know, personnel will have to change because obviously Dennis is missing and we may need to rest one or two players from the weekend because we've got another huge game coming up against Aberdeen on the Saturday. But um, in terms of it, the game plan, the mindset, the positivity, all that will remain the same and hopefully we'll get the same outcome as well. So Jim Goodwin up against Neil Lennon tonight. We certainly um, found a good way of playing and you know good consistency as well. So, yeah, I mean, they've recruited well, you know, and I think they're, you know, in a very solid position there in the league. You know, they counter-attack quite well. They defended really, really well at times against us, but you know we were definitely 
not at it, you know, in the final third. So I think that's a real sort of um, motivation for us going into the games. And have you seen anything in that Celtic team in the last couple of games that would cause optimism for the Celtic fans out there? Any signs of improvement, things that could be built on in the future? I think the last couple of games, I, th- I think especially the first 16 minutes against Motherwell, they, in possession they played by a real purpose, a real tempo, which I thought when Neil Lennon first got into the job, I thought that was the difference between him and uh, Brendan Rodgers' team. Of course, Brendan Rodgers' team was, was fantastic as well, but I thought it was almost more difficult to play against that Neil Lennon team just because the tempo they played with, they got the ball forward a lot quicker into their, obviously their key players, their forward players. And I thought it, was, it slightly got back to that for the first 60 minutes uh, against Motherwell, just playing, playing quicker, playing forward and... And uh, I think Jerry touched on it earlier. We're starting to see, you know, the real odds in Edward again. I think that's seven and seven. Uh, I think his best performances have been, of course, too few and far between this year. And uh, you know, when you're talking about the best players in the league, I think odds in Edward's one that's on every single person's lips. So it'll be good to, for the Celtic fans to see him keep up his, his good form from the, the end of the season. Right, we're building up to kick off St Mirren Celtic. Any St Mirren fans out there, Celtic fans, let us know what you're thinking. How are you feeling pre-match? Kelly Motherwell is well underway. 18 minutes gone, and it's still goalless in Tommy Wright's first game in charge of the home side. Much in it so far, Mark Andy. Noticed much? I would say it's it's mostly uh, um, Motherwell. I think Motherwell are basically on the on the front foot. Kelly kind of uh, counter attacking Tommy Wright. Of course, his first game in charge, sitting and um, taking a seat in the stand, just assessing things from there rather than being, um, you know, right in the uh, in the technical area. He's got his new um, assistant um, there with him um, as well. But yeah, I mean, it's that said, neither goalkeepers really had a save to make. Um, Gordon yep. I'd say Motherwell Slightly more on the front foot Alright the other game off tonight Of course Livingston Hamilton Ackies A lot of snow in the area Unable to clear it all off the pitch So game off in that one Kamar Roof has been banned For two games After failing to win His appeal against the tackle On Murray Davidson What do you make of that decision? We'll talk about it next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday is here Still worrying about the state of his car But I think we're getting there He's managing to focus a little bit on the football Kelly nil, Motherwell nil, Building up to St Mirren Celtic And of course we're going to about to talk Kemar Roof So if you're just joining us And if for some reason you haven't heard the news um, It's yet another disciplinary decision For us to have great fun Going over on the show tonight So Kemar Roof has been handed a two game ban It was a charge of serious foul play And it was proven at a tribunal today you will remember the incident, I'm sure. Uh, he was booked by referee David Monroe last week, but the referee then suggested that he hadn't seen the full extent of it, hadn't seen it in its entirety. Roof issued with a notice of complaint. Rangers appealed it. The hearing was today, but ultimately it was found that the, the serious foul play charge should stand. So he'll miss Rangers next two games. And I'm sure you'll have something to say on it 0141-951-1025 Or Twitter at Clyde SSB Let's bring in Craig and see what his take on it is Hi Craig Hi Gordon um, Evening guys uh, I mean I, I've been phoning in Praising everything about Rangers this season It wouldn't be Rangers if it wasn't Something out with a control to complain about I mean this, this is just ridiculous I mean it really is um, I mean I, I'm trying to choose my words carefully, Gordon. Um, trial by TV. Um, you know, I've heard Celtic fans, you know, talking about COVID. No other team's been affected by COVID as much as Celtic. What nonsense! Um, but I, I, I'm failing to see, particularly in Scotland, 
any other team that's been trialled by TV as much as Rangers. It's absolutely ludicrous. I don't think there's any Rangers fan up and down the land that expected anything different, and that says it all, really. Um, we appealed it. It should have been appealed. It should have been overturned. I'm not going to mention the other team across the city because I don't like to talk about them. But any fair-minded person can look at this and say there's, there's, there's clearly... Again, I'm choosing my words carefully. There's clearly something not quite right. Um, I heard you saying there just before I come on, series full play. Morelles, yes. Um, you all agreed. I think it was you and... Uh, I can't remember who was on a week past Monday, but you all Alex. agreed Darren McGregor should have been charged as well. Kima Roof, series full play. Come on. Come on. It's getting stupid. And now, Wait, let, let's go through it sort of bit by bit, Craig, because I know there is a lot to there's a lot to take in here. So on the incident itself, you you don't think that was a a red card tackle? It wasn't a red card tackle, Gordon. No, no. Right, um, let me, let me, let's go through it. Like I say, let's put that to the pundits. Andy Halliday was. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought Craig was going to come on the phone and maybe contest how the compliance system went about it, and and uh, you know, my understanding of the compliance system is you can't. You know, re-referee the games and obviously the referee deemed that a yellow card in the first place but let's be frank that that is definitely a red card I thought Kamal Roof at the time was extremely lucky to stay in the pitch and uh, of course Rangers will be disappointed by maybe the way it's potentially been handled but at the same time St Johnson will be disappointed that they, they never had a man advantage for the rest of the game because for me it's no doubt it's a red card Mark for you yeah I, th- I thought it was a, a red card tackle um, for sure but you know, also, I'd have to say that you know, having spoken to a, to a number of people in and around um, Rangers, that you know, Kemar Roof is a a really good guy, a good pro. I don't, I don't think you know for for one second he's deliberately tried to 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 hurt um, Murray Davison. That's that's absolutely sure um, as well. But I do understand why a, a red card has mm. retrospectively been given. But I do also understand um, Craig and 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 people within Rangers and Rangers supporters, their frustration uh, with the current system. So so I get that. But bear in mind too that it's um you know St Johnson may feel that they should have played against ten men for a large chunk of the game last mm. week. And now also for from for St Johnson it's like um uh, Kima Roof is now unavailable for, for two games against Kilmarnock and Dundee United teams potentially in and around um St Johnston mm. um in the league table. So that's a, a kind of double whammy um for them. But uh, yeah there's there's certainly flaws um, yeah. In the system well, But it was a red card Let's get to the system then Craig on the line I guess you three will have to agree to disagree So you you don't actually think That was the right outcome today You don't think it should have been a red Maybe if I watch it again I'll agree with the guys If I watched it I mean obviously Andy a Professional footballer I'll, I'll agree to disagree To a certain extent Yes Andy mm-hmm. I was uh, That was my main point About the, the system uh, Compliance officer And as I say Rangers In my opinion My opinion I think the majority Of Rangers fans Up and down the country is Rangers are refereed by TV trial. I think mm-hmm. Stuart Robertson said trial by sports scene, um, and he's thing uh, a few months ago. I just, I'm, I'm, I mean, like I said, uh, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked if that makes sense um, that Ruth's been banned for two games because the cop appealed it, um, and um, you know my understanding of the appeal is, you know, whether they thought it was a red card or, red, or not a red card, they they thought they were going to. You know, be successful in overturning the appeal. Um, so I will watch it again, um, and if I'm wrong, I'll hold my hands up. But I, yes, uh, I agree with Andy. Said my, my main point is that the system is wrong, um, and 
I mean, if, if any caller can come on tonight and tell me the amount of times that their club mm-hmm. has been trialled by TV as much as Rangers, I'd love to hear it. See, so, the th- I, I'm I'm sure we will get many more Rangers fans who who agree with that, Craig. But and that's fine. Listen, we've all got our, our teams, and and we like to, to to see how things affect us first and foremost. But are you not then ignoring the other part of it, which Mark Guidi has just said now? Andy Halliday standing here and telling you that was a red card all day long. You're talking about how hard done by Rangers are by the system, and you may well be right. But what about on the pitch then? Andy, Mark, and the the the, the panel today are telling you that Rangers should have been down to ten men. St. Johnson should have had a man advantage for that. Well, I can't even remember what minute the tackle was in, but it was a, it was a fairly sizable chunk of the game. So you know. If the system in your mind is is so stacked against Rangers, what what about a, what about a word of of thought for St. Johnson, who should have had a man advantage for all that time and didn't? I mean, just because they had the man advantage, I mean, we've we'll, we'll seen Rangers team spirit this year. I mean, it came out roof. Goes no, no, hold on, no, Craig. I'm not saying they definitely would have won the game, but I'm pretty sure they would have rather played ten men than eleven. Can we agree on that? You know, I mean, I mean, the Morella is sending off. Easter Road would have been down to 10 men Alfred uh-huh. scores the goal but Ruth didn't score the goal to win the game um, of course St Johnson can feel hard done by Rangers could have been down to 10 men but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get anything out of the game no, I didn't, listen I didn't say they were definitely going to get something out of the game but I'm talking about and I, I get a lot of it because the system does annoy people It annoys fans of all teams Andy But if, if Craig and fellow Rangers fans want to talk about How unfair the system is on them It is worth at least acknowledging that These are games which, in your mind Rangers should have been punished at the time and weren't Yeah, I mean I touched on that when I, when I made my point before St Johnson will certainly feel hard done by that That uh, they feel, and I, I feel the correct decision wasn't made in the first place uh, You know, like I said the compliance system It's not there to rate referee games But to correct things That ref, uh, the refs don't see The referee mm. deemed it a yellow card In my opinion That was the wrong decision But you, you know, we've, we've talked about this word Consistency for a couple of weeks now You just you just hope it doesn't now Open up that proverbial can of worms Because there's been many incidents Listen involving yep. every club in the league Where uh, tackles like this have uh, uh, happened And referees have deemed it a yellow card So it's unfortunate Rangers will be unfo- uh, disappointed That they're losing Kamara For a couple of games mm. But likewise St Johnston certainly uh, feel disappointed they never, they never had a, ma- a man advantage for I think it was about 70 minutes of the game left uh, Callum Davidson was actually speaking today here's what he had to say Murray, Murray's struggling it's actually his other leg uh, just to clarify that for everybody obviously uh, people think it's from the challenge it's not from the challenge uh, it's obviously obviously he's had a badly bruised leg on one side and then I think the result of that he started carrying his other leg and he's obviously damaged his calf uh, which is unlike Murray uh, to do I think it's his first sort of Muscle injury he's had, so uh, you know he's not great. Uh, hopefully, it'll be he's probably fifty-fifty for the cup final. Yeah, I think you know what Callum Davidson there saying that it wasn't that tackle that, that injured Murray Davidson. He hurt himself in that tackle, ended up carrying his leg. I think Callum Davidson says compensating, and, and that's why the other. It was that Roger Hanna actually explained that to us at the weekend. Mark, it was something I was uh, unaware of until that time. But um, St. Johnson, you know, this is they they didn't. They didn't kick up too much of a fuss about it. I guess that's that's it's not really up to them to uh, to complain too much. The, the disciplinary process just kicks in and, and they stand back and, and wait and see. Well, I'd imagine, like, you know, you know, St Johnson's point of view is Kemar Roof's a top player and Kemar Roof's not available for Rangers against Indian United and Kilmarnock. Two games that are obviously very important to, to Rangers. They just try to get get the, the, the title over the line and get and get it wrapped up. But from the St Johnson's point of view, they'd probably prefer that that uh, Kima Ruth 
is available because they're playing against two teams in and around with yeah, no Alfredo Morelos at the weekend as well. So that that's that I'm sure that's the kind of viewpoint um that that, uh, that St Johnston would have. Mm. All right, thank you to Craig and Moody's Burn. Let's bring in Colin, who's from Cumbernauld. Hi Colin. Hello there. Um How's it going? going on? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Um following on from what Craig says, everybody knew the decision of the panel before it even sat there. And I'd like to ask Andy and Mark, and I'm going to name, I'm going to name four incidents. And all we're basically looking for is a bit of consistency here. The D United game, Alfredo Morelos had a hole put in his thigh, which we've all seen. Nothing happened against that player. Ross Jack, head nearly taken off against First County. Nothing. Hibbs, Portis, blatant elbow on Morelos' eyebrox. And then the McGregor incident. At Easter Road You're trying to tell me This is fair Come on I'd like an explanation For those three Those four points Please for the panel Thank you You're welcome um, In advance I can't remember them all I certainly remember Some of them Andy The Ryan Edwards one On Morelos At, at Ibrox Dundee United That was Well publicised at the time I think everyone On here I think certainly said It was a red yep. Darren McGregor Well known Can you remember Those other ones Um my memory's not too great for it But listen I can take Colin's frustration It's like I said I'm sure every club in the league Would uh, would, would show a, a, a number of incidents That's happened this year and, and like I said We talked about consistency This is where it can open That, that can of worms And from, from my angle It certainly looked as, a, as if The referee had a good uh, A good view of the tackle initially in my, in my opinion It should have been a red card At that yeah. point in time But you've got to take The referee's word for it mm-hmm. That he, he, he didn't see The full extent of the uh, mm-hmm. The tackle itself But yeah, of course. I think the most important. Listen, referees are human, but the most important th- thing is we do want to see that consistency. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, Rangers will feel hard done by it. They've lost Kamal Rufa for a couple of games, but like I said, mm-hmm. I do feel as if it was a red card tackle. That's clearly where a lot of this stuff arises, Mark. Because um, Colin won't be alone in, in calling for consistency. The referee at the time, David Monroe, issued a yellow card. Yeah. The video footage, the still photography. Seems to suggest that he had a good view of it And he had a pretty decent view of it He though says that he didn't see the incident in its entirety And only by him saying that Mm -hmm. can the disciplinary process kick in Now, we can't get inside David Monroe's head You're certainly not going to get me calling him a liar um, Because why would I? I I don't know the guy No one can make that assumption But whilst that caveat is there Whilst that bit of referees can say that that they didn't see it in its entirety That's where the calls for consistency are going to come from Because Colin's right Colin raises a number of incidents that we probably thought Were red cards mm-hmm. But let's remind ourselves If in those instances The referee maybe said I saw it and I saw it all And therefore the panel will never sit And it, it, you know that process will never kick in Take last night for example We had Celtic fans on the phone Saying that Devante Cole should have been retrospectively punished for a kick on Sorrow at the weekend. The kick sort of kicked him in the stomach. Uh, but the referee, Nick Walsh, said he saw it and he saw it all. And therefore, the disciplinary process can't kick in. So it's actually quite hard to compare one incident to another because we don't always know which part of the system it, it fell and, down at. And that's the, that, for me, Gordon, that, that is the biggest, I would imagine, frustration for all football fans and all football clubs. And, and and probably for 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 uh, the media as well as you know, and I think particularly now football fans deserve explanations. Now, whether you agree with the explanation mm. or not, that that's entirely up to you. Whether Craig or, or, or Colin 
uh, agree with what, what's happened to Kemar Roof or, or, or not happened to Darren McGregor that's fine but I think just now football fans deserve just more transparency this is our you know governing bodies that, that, that run our game and particularly football fans are, are paying money without getting into seeing games they're, they're, they're watching things I just think that that surely in this day and age we're entitled yeah. to have we'll see to be fair though I think, and I know I know we know what the process is yeah but just other little bits I of, think, of well, information I think once it gets to a hearing like Kamar Roos did today there there will be a written explanation for that in, in, in due course once it gets to that tribunal same with a yeti yesterday mm-hmm. there, there will be there will be written explanations for that in due course that's certainly the way I understand it someone can correct me um, if I'm wrong Colin so is it about the system for you is it about the perceived inconsistency you don't have any problem with Roof in isolation you think that was the right decision to, to give him a, a retrospective red definitely so when I watched Obviously, when I'm watching the game and I'm watching it, on, you're watching on his goals, and it's a wee bit behind. And I seen the tackle and oh dear, oh dear, one of the ones well, <laughs> whatever happens, happens. And the more you see it, the more the worse it gets. I don't think it meant it. I don't think there was any malice in it, but I, I wouldn't argue with that. But as I'm mm-hmm. the four points I've listed to the panel tonight, yeah, and I'm, I'm disappointed. Andy Halliday doesn't remember those four points. He should do, but. <laughs> I can remember the Dundee United one. I was in yeah, the studio. Well, yeah. Yeah. I was in the studio for the Dundee United game, and of course, and I remember, remember saying Darren, it that Darren yeah. McGregor as well. Remember and I remember one. saying at that time it was a it was a definite red card. But listen, I, it's like you said, I, I'm still a football player, so it's difficult for me. I don't want to, I don't want to call out anybody and say there should be retrospective action on them. I can only take this incident, uh, this incident for what I've seen in its face value. I believe it was a red card. I completely agree with you. I don't think Kamal mm. Roof's a type of player that's been in with any malice intent. I can completely understand your frustration with the compliance system, but I'm asked on what I think the tackle was, and I do think it was a red card. How do you feel as as a player, right? Say, and I'll take Kamar Roof out of it. We don't we don't need to, because um, things can often get distorted, and people will apply their own bias. Just as a player, if someone puts a a, a red card challenge on you mm-hmm. and is booked at the time, are you then happy? To, to sort of leave it at that Or 100% So, so e- even though you think That was wrong And you think That should have been a red And he's left a sore one on me It, it doesn't bother you Whether that no. is then Retrospectively well, dealt I, with Listen I've made some Bad tackles in my career But I know that I've never went in To hurt someone So I'm pretty sure that You know the majority Of tackles are, that our opponents Have done me They've went in with the same action I can, Listen I can tell I can tell an instant From, from last year When we played Kilmarnock At Rugby Park And uh I don't know if you remember, it was a high ball and Alan Pill went up yeah. to kick the ball away. And it was oh, a, we debated that one as well. It was a high ball studs to the face for Ryan Jack and I was berating the referee all night that that was a red card. Ultimately, we dropped points in that game. So looking back, we were disappointed that we never had a man advantage for that game. But once the game's finished, I, I, I'm not bothered. If, uh, well, I, I don't want to see mm. Alan Pill then get then get cited and, and, uh, and miss out in a couple of games because the fact of the matter is we went to that, that game for three points so we're only disappointed with the decision within that game. Like I said to Colin, I completely understand people's frustration with the compliance system because we do want consistency. Mm-hmm. And like I said, referees aren't going to get every single decision right. Yeah. But once the game's done for me, it's done and I, I'm on to my next game. Well, funnily enough, on that, Joyful tweets in to say, what ref would retrospectively say they saw the whole incident? I don't think after it's been viewed to death by the media, anyone has the bottle to admit they made a mistake. But well, that did happen yesterday. Nick Walsh said that he saw the entirety of Devante Cole on... Um, Ishmael Asoro and admitted that essentially that perhaps could have been viewed as a mistake but he said he saw it all and that's why um, the disciplinary procedure didn't kick in so there we go um, we'll get there at some point with this stuff and we'll 
eventually move on and start enjoying our football 01419511025 still goalless Kelly Motherwell still building up to St Mirren Celtic and no doubt more of you want to talk Kamar Roof as well 01419511025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi are here we're one hour away from kick no that's a lie see the kickoff time's catching me out we're an hour and 15 minutes away from kickoff between St Mirren and Celtic but it is half time at Rugby Park Andrew McLean yeah, it's Kilmarnock nil, Motherwell nil, the half-time score in Tommy Wright's first game in charge of the host. And it's been a pretty uneventful opening 45 minutes. It was almost a dream start for them, though. In the opening minute, Chris Burke curled a free kick in from the right-hand side. Nicky Kabamba headed it towards goal, but that was deflected wide. Not long after that, Rory McKenzie had a shot from the edge of the box that was deflected into the arms of Liam Kelly in the Motherwell goal. Then around 20 minutes in, Jake Carroll floated across from the left-hand side. Devante Cole's header was an easy catch for Colin Doyle, though Tony Watt also Canada free kick off the wall as well but nothing really of note for the rest of the half after that, it's weirdly been quite end to end with neither side actually creating many chances at all, the half time score at the BPSP Stadium is Kilmarnock nil, Motherwell nil. Yeah, a lot to play for in the second half in that one let's bring in Gaza who's a Rangers fan from Shots, how's it going Gaza? Oh, it's gone great mate, Alistair we tried to go for ages I think I've tried 54 times in the past but 55th time lucky yeah oh, funny um, <laughs> anyway, my point is, I heard you. I think it was yourself that says about um, uh, Roof could have been. It, it was a red card challenge, mm-hmm. uh, in your opinion, um, and they could have been sent off, and they could have. Uh, obviously, Rangers would have been down to ten men, uh, which would have been an advantage uh, to the other team. But it goes both ways. I mean, remember, I think it was the season passed there. Morelos gets sent off versus Aberdeen. Now that was rescinded, but. We, I think we do that game one each We, we played most of the match with Morelos So, it, you know what I mean? It swings and roundabouts I mean, we've had their decisions go against us as well In the past um, When they get unfairly sent off oh, well, I've, Listen guys, I have no doubt about that Andy Halliday said as much He, he referenced the Alan Power one on, on Ryan Jack I absolutely know you, you won't get any complaints on that I, I appreciate I'm just bringing a wee bit of sort of uh, Showing it's a level playing field at the end of the day Now, so, uh, when I say it swings and roundabouts, the, the thing with Rangers fans is that we feel it's not so much swings and roundabouts when it comes to the compliance officer. Because I, I don't know the stats. I mean, I don't know how to go and check these things, but I a good punt that Rangers have probably been the one punished more with the compliance officer than any other team. Yeah, I think you're I, right. I bet money on them. Yeah, I think you're right. Right, so, so we're safe. My money would be safe there. Now, I think oh, that's what Rangers fans are wanting. They just want it to be consistent. Now, we can go out and we can name players that they, they constantly. Scott Brown made, made, made a career out of it. Now, the, the match that they actually the, the players get pulled up for for diving, in my opinion, it was a dive. Now, uh, anybody looking at that thing would agree it was a dive. Now, he got he got after that. That was rescinded, right? That was not a surprise to me. And it's probably no surprise to many other Rangers fans as well. Now, in the same match, the, the, Brown should have been uh, uh, for the compliance officer as well because... He's just back for elbow on Sunday and been sent half. And he's elbowed that. It's quite clear. It's there in TV evidence. But nobody seems to pick up on that. Yeah, but see, that, that, yeah. that's the thing, Gaza, right? You're, you're sort of coming on here and offering that as fact. Andy Halliday um, and Gary Holt, the last last week, that was the day after Celtic went to Rugby Park. Um, Gary Holt loves it when I remind everybody. Gary Holt has a Kilmarnock tattoo. And Andy Halliday, <laughs> well, 
He's Andy Halliday And they both thought That that wasn't a red card For Scott Brown But you, you know You come on here And present that as fact That Scott Brown Should have been done By the compliance officer Obviously in your mind um, And he wasn't And therefore that shows There's inconsistency But I'm, I'm pointing to you to, to guys who Who are telling you That actually they don't think That Scott Brown Should have been pulled up Retrospectively well, they don't, right, they don't feel he should have been pulled up for that. Okay. Um, McGregor, for him, should have been pulled up. I think everybody would agree to that. Ruth had a very bad challenge on her. I can't remember. Was it against Livingston? A very, very bad challenge. Similarly, the challenge that he... I think it was actually St. Johnson, Johnson yeah. previously, yeah. St. Johnson, yes. Yeah, St. Johnson, the, the yellow, the, the yellow kettle, and that's where it's getting a bit mixed up. So that was a horrendous challenge. That was never picked up. Portis, the, the challenge that Morellis got done for against Portis, right, that was 100%. Uh, he should have been he should have been sent off for that. I agree with that. Portis is me, uh, and I'm not I'm not saying that this, he deserves it. But Portis has been he's quite sort of noticed. You watch Portis in games, and he, and he puts himself about. What I'm trying to say is, Rangers fans just feel that whenever whenever it comes up, it always seems to be the Rangers player that gets pulled up, and it always seems to be the Rangers player that eventually gets banned. Never gets overturned. Very very few of them gets overturned. Um, uh, Morelos got overturned once. But Morelos is—he he's seems to be a bit of a marked man in Scotland, um, uh, and it can be even worse the enemy at times. And listen, the, the thing as well is what you got to remember, right? It, it might have been a bad tackle, right? But that's not why he's banned. He's banned because they're basically saying he's intended to get there. No, 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 no. It's not right because it's still the same rule that they look at. The rule for serious foul play actually doesn't mention intent at all. That's what I think confuses a lot of people. It doesn't mention. Intent. The rules have been sort of gradually getting tweaked over the over the years. To when it comes to serious foul play, the focus is on outcome rather than intent. No one is suggesting Andy Halliday that Kamar Roof tried to hurt Murray Davidson. It just so happens that that he, that he did. He ended up missing the ball. I'm sure it was an accident. He ended up catching Murray Davidson high. That's what constitutes a red card. Regard nothing to do with intent. Yeah, exactly. And Gaza just mentioned the one that. Um... The, the previous game against St Johnson I think Kamal Roof actually took his frustrations to, to his personal Instagram account and showed that mm-hmm. tackle and that tackle for me was a red card yep. but ultimately the referee obviously deemed that he was he was happy with his, with his outcome of that one so listen I can completely understand the you know fans frustrations about how the compliance system works but I can only take I can only comment on the face value of this situation and, and ultimately the referee said that he didn't see the full extent of the tackle I mean, because you know, guys, I'll bring up Scott Brown, Mark, um, who got who got sent off at Livingston f- for the elbow. Now, if he hadn't, then maybe we would have had a retrospective situation on our hands. I don't know. I can hear you all scoffing there, listening away. But he actually got sent off at the time, which means we don't have to worry about the retrospective. We'll eventually see the back of this one day. I live in hope. Yeah, uh, Willie Collum, it was that gave uh, Scott Brown the 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 red card at at uh, Livingston a couple of midweeks ago, and rightly so, one hundred percent. It was a it was a red card um, for Scott Brown um, that night. But you know, we can speak about individual incidents all, all we want. Mm-hmm. Supporters of different clubs will have their own frustrations if they feel that that their club um, has been treated differently from from other ones. That's that's the world that we that we live in, Gordon, and that's what keeps the four ends going. And I, I don't expect much sympathy, but but please try and bear in mind that when we talk about a, a bad tackle or a bad challenge. We can't always then reference every other bad challenge that's ever taken place. We would we would never, we'd never be able to achieve that. So it's, you might think it's selective, but that's that's just natural. Surely, uh, we can agree on that. Thank you to Gaza. Let's quickly get teams from Allison. I think St Mirren Celtic. 
Yeah, it's an unchanged Celtic starting 11 from that win against Motherwell at the weekend. Three changes for St Mirren after they defeated Kilmarnock at the weekend. Jack Anik back in goal after that one-match ban as well. So for St Mirren, it will be Jack Anik in goal. Back three, Marcus Fraser, Joe Shocknessy and Connor McCarthy. Then the four of Dylan Conley, Jake Doyle-Hayes, Ethan Erahon and Ilke Dermis with Jamie McGrath and Ryan Flynn supporting John Obika. On the bench for St Mirren tonight, it is Linus T. Mason, Finlayson, McPherson, Henderson, McAllister, Jameson and Erwin. For Rangers, Scott Bain in goal, a back four of John Joe Kenny, Chris Iyer, Stephen Welsh and Greg Taylor. The midfield four will be Scott Brown, Callum McGregor, Tom Rogic and David Turnbull with Albina Yeti and Odson Edward up top. On the bench for Celtic, Barkas, Duffy, Griffiths, Klamala, Soro, Christie, Johnson, Illinusi and Laxalt. And your referee tonight in Paisley is Don Robertson. Okay, thank you Alison St Mirren fans Celtic fans What do you make of those teams Give us a call right now Let us know how you see it going tonight Goal flashes Ah, it helps if you press the right button For goodness sake Someone's messed with my computer screen Where are we? Here we go Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football No goal flashes yet But it is beat the pundit time Halliday's unbeaten run Goes on every week He gets a bit more nervous His mishap in his car Is that going to be enough To shake his focus Who knows Maybe you can take advantage 0141 951 1025 Your chance to beat the pundit Is next So hurry up Lines close at 7 Tackle the headlines 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday is here Mark Guidi is alongside him Well, in theory he's in a completely different studio Because we're feeling safe But he's here nevertheless 0141 951 1025 An hour to kick off between St Mirren and Celtic About to start the second half Kelly Motherwell And of course all the other big talking points Like Kamal Roof and anything else that you think we've missed Let's do them on the phones Let's play this first though Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. It is beat the pundit time. Either Andy Halliday or Mark Guidi will be taking part tonight against a lucky contestant on the phones. And so much has been made of uh, Andy Halliday. I don't think he's, he's lost since he, he joined the show. Um, our, our old pal Mark Arthur, uh, Mark Arthur, Black Arthur, has started keeping a track in just in 2021, the calendar year. He's even done it up like the, the boxing match tonight Look at this, this doesn't work for radio Andy But I'll show you the picture He's got a nice picture of you And one of Mark Guidi Now Guidi's got a 100% win record as well But he's only played once yeah. This calendar year I've told you it's because of that um, double headed coin you've got You're 4 from 4 uh, So we'll see what we've got tonight And by the way Look at oh, oh, My screen has just provided A lovely, lovely contestant Not that I'm, I'm happy to take anyone here But this one says Mark Guidi It says Andrew Rangers fan from Renfrew and then it says it's his first time he's Andy Halliday's pal and he's been trying for weeks to get on and beat Andy Halliday's record is that right Andrew? Yeah I've indeed mate and I've finally got through Do you want to know the truth right? And I'm going to toss the coin anyway so it might not be him it might be Mark he's scared of you he's been telling me about nah, you for weeks God. he keeps saying one of my pals keeps trying to get on and I don't know if I can take him I, I think he's scared of you uh, well, I'm under pressure now, and I've been a big lick for this long. Finally, get through. He's been, so. t- been saying every week, "I'd beat you tonight, I'd beat you tonight," and I tell him every time, but it's not the same when you're actually, you know, you're uh, you're under pressure and, and you've got the time I against did, you. So uh, that's a good point, right? Well, let's toss the coin and find out. Um, heads, <laughs> it's Mark Goody tails. It's Andy Halliday. It is actually tails. Like I, I say this every You're night. At it, I'm man. not. At, look, I'm going to start videoing. Honestly, these. I'm going to start. Look. 
I, I know, I know. Listen, I know I'm not debating it, but you don't even throw the coin. You just, you just flip it onto a hand. <laughs> Two in a row tails. Honestly, uh. it's meant to be. It's meant to be right. You're getting your wish, Andrew, uh, in Renfrew. So we'll give Andy Halliday some Clyde Two to listen to, so that he can't steal your answers. Thirty seconds on the clock. And you're up against your old pal Andy Halliday The only thing you need to know Andrew Is if you can't think of the answer Pass quickly And we'll move on to the next one Okay Yep Right let's go 30 seconds Starts now What club does Scotland goalkeeper David Marshall play for? Pass Who's Hamilton's top scorer this season? Pass Which side did Jordan Jones join last month? Sunderland Name any SPFL team with City in their name who did Lyndon Dykes sign for in the summer? QPR How many games have Inverness Cali Thistle played this year? Two Which non-Old Firm side were the last to win the Scottish League Cup? Hibs Okay oh, let's, that's a bad let's bring your pal Andy back Andy can you hear us? Yes He is good by the way You were right Oh my good You're going to need I to be you. top form To beat this guy tonight Right 30 seconds on the clock Yep Your time starts now What club does Scotland goalkeeper David Marshall play for? Derby Who is Hamilton's top scorer this season? Pass Which side did Jordan Jones join last Sunderland. month? Name any SPFL team with City in their name Breaking Who did Lyndon Dykes sign for in QPR. the summer? How many games have Inverness Cali Thistle played this year? One Which non-old firm side were the last to win the Scottish League Cup? Kelly Which Scotland international is currently playing with Sporting Kansas City? Johnny Russell Dave Cormack is the chairman of which Scottish Premiership team? Too late, out of time, I'm not giving you that Kelly. Right. Uh, Andrew, he went a bit quicker than you Do you think that's going to come back to haunt you? Uh, yeah, but I'm not going to be able to show my face again for a while after this <laughs> Right, let's find out the damage I hope he was rubbish First question, who, did, who does Scotland goalkeeper David Marshall play for? Andrew passed it <laughs> Andy Halliday knew it was Derby County 1-0 Who is Hamilton Aki's top scorer this season? You'd never get that one Mark Weedy Give that a guess Ongpo It's Ross Callahan Scored at the weekend obviously Uh, So topical Jordan Jones joined Sunderland So eventually Andrew I could tell this was you finding your your groove here But Andy got it as well So he stays one in front Any SPFL team with City In their name Edinburgh, Elgin, Brecon You both I think went for Brecon Andy Halliday stays one in front You both got Queen's Park Rangers So Andy Halliday stays one in front Inverness, Cali, Thistle I mean Andrew It's not like he plays in the same division mm. As the Marenith And they've played twice Oh you're joking Andrew got it Which means you're I level guessed. I guess <laughs> Which non-old firm side Were the last to win the Scottish League Cup Mark? Ross County Ross, Ross, County. Ross yeah, County Which Scotland international Is currently playing with Sporting Kansas City Johnny Russell Andy Halliday You got it Andrew didn't get that far, which means you've kept him. Andrew, honestly, I, I was I was going for you, Andrew. I was Andrew and Renfrew all day long because this run has to come to an end. But you didn't do enough tonight. Are you going to show your face no, when next year? Uh, yeah, I'll be at now. I need hiding for a couple of months at least. <laughs> You're going to give it tight time, aren't you? I, honestly, I'm so happy, <laughs> so happy. Was it the pressure, Andrew? Because I'm thinking that I think a man of your reputation that he's told me about. I think you should have got Derby. Oh dear, should I go? Do you know? Do you know? It's, it's so much easier when you're known. See, see if I was, I wasn't on the phone, I'd have probably go. To, go. <laughs> That's what they all say, Andrew and Renfrew. Thank you very much. But Halliday's winning run goes on. Played five one five in twenty twenty one. Do you know what? I feel invincible now. Is that? Is that? Was that oh, your see, just know that because he has been trying every week. See, so you know that I know he's tried and he's. He, I've I've prevailed. Then I just feel invincible Right okay Someone will bring you back Down to earth next week I've no doubt about that Mark Guidi I will need to get a new coin I think Because you've only played once In 2021 So 
Yeah, I think you need a new coin. Everybody's saying that. It's tales of the other night. I tried to prove the point and and say, right, okay, we'll do best of three, and it went three tails in a row. I think you need mm-hmm. to flick it up higher, Gordon. That's I think exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You can't even flick it any higher. It'll hit the lights. Well, you, you need to flick you it. Got higher. a dodgy thumb. Oh come on, honestly. See, I've never, I've never known. And I used a phrase to describe what was going on with the coin last week, and people said that they were about to eat their sausage for dinner, and it puts them off. So if you think I'm going to talk about my tossing technique live on air again, I won't. I won't do it. I won't go there. It's a family. By show. the way, for for future reference and quizzes, what was the answer to the? Dave Cormack yep, is Aberdeen. 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 Yeah, there we go. Kelly nil, Motherwell. I'm, I, I have nil. to say, as much as you're surprised that, that I'm very surprised that, that Andrew, given his build up, didn't get Derby County. But mm-hmm. I have to say, I'm shocked that Andy Halliday didn't get Dave Cormack as the chairman of Aberdeen. Yeah. No. What a talk this week. He's been backing Derek McInnes. Uh, no? I know. I just, I mean, I say chief execs are. Selling them so you're good, point. but you're not that good. No, no. Right unless, okay. unless they're paying your wages, Andy, they're not. <laughs> <Right, exactly. laughs> oh, you their name then. <laughs> uh, anything doing, Kelly Motherwell? Seven minutes into the second half, Mark. Uh, not, not much. Again, I, I was, I was really caught up in the the quiz there, well, I'm Gordon. Sure you were. So I'm not. Um, but again, from what from what I can see, I Kelly, Kelly maybe a wee bit more in the, in the front foot. Yeah, maybe Tommy Wright's had a, a, a wee bit of a go just to 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 g them up. But that said, from what I can remember, like once again, neither. Um, Colin Doyle or, or Liam Kelly for the safety mate. Uh, right, let's continue the build up to St Mirren Celtic. We can talk Kamal Roof if you want to do that as well. We've got Kelly Mullerwell underway. We gave you the teams just before the news. Anything jump out at you from the teams? Anything significant? Or is that along the expected lines? I would say, you know, obviously Ayeti and Edward going together. I mean, I think you speak to people and they say that um, Edward does prefer to play with a partner. And if you, if you cast your mind back to this time last year when Celtic were, were flying, you know, it was, it was, you know, Lee Griffiths getting his act together and getting in the team and, and, and getting that partnership um, going um, with Edward that, that kind of took um, Celtic back into a groove and back into a level of consistency. Uh, again, it's a new central defensive uh, partnership. Greg Taylor at left back, as I've always said, you know I really like Greg Taylor. I think he's got a lot um, to offer. And then you've got the same midfield four, Scott Brown, um, playing. And um, you know I don't know what's going to happen with Scott Brown um, in the summer. Again, you know, we're talking in the program about this new structure that's going to take place at Celtic. What I believe is going to happen, and um, you know I think another question mm-hmm. will need to be answered um, pretty soon is what's going to happen with with, with Scott Brown? Does he want to? To retire, it's like the Alan McGregor story at Rangers. Does he want to re- retire? Does he want to play? Is he is he looking for a new contract? Um, it'll be very very interesting um, for Scott Brown and for Alan McGregor because two absolutely uh, fantastic performance uh, for the club. Scott Brown, outstanding value at four point four million, thirteen fourteen years ago, and for Alan McGregor, I'm going to say pound for pound, but he didn't cost anything. Uh, even though probably the wheels were in motion bef- before Stephen Gerrard became the manager of Rangers I think I don't know if Andy would agree with me but I think that Alan McGregor has been the best signing of the Gerrard era Very very hard to disagree I think it's uh, we've touched on it you know numerous times I think a good goalkeeper wins you points and ultimately they can be the, the difference between winning a league title or not and I think Alan McGregor I think you know the Rangers would be disappointed that he dropped two points at the weekend, but if it wasn't for him, they'd have dropped three. I know he's a friend of yours. Did you have a wee chuckle to yourself when you saw his post-match interview on? <laughs> well, Sunday? we've said it before. He, he very rarely does interviews, and I think 
Maybe, maybe because you know the the scenario we've seen at the weekend that oh, Rangers, he's, he's Rangers are a bit. Match, so he had yeah, to, I know, he? but I think Rangers are a bit skeptical. If if we drop points, we can't put Greggy in front of the camera. Because, but listen, I, I found it brilliant. I found it refreshing, and and obviously he's a winner. And he was just disappointed with not just dropping the points. I think the manner of the the way Rangers have done it. Rangers have been basically faultless for 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 most of the season, and. No, they, it, it was it was without doubt the worst performance of the season. The uh, season, and they had their goalkeeper to, to thank for to keep that unbeaten run going. Okay, let's bring in Brian, who is a St Mirren fan from Johnson. It was only a couple of weeks ago, Brian. You went to Celtic Park and won. So, can you do the same in Paisley tonight? Yeah, uh, I hope so. Um, I was thinking that um, I never really hit, caught the the teams for the night, but I was thinking that because of how confident St Mirren are now. It'll not really matter to the Simon team anyway because they'll all be trying. But uh, the thing that concerns me is Albion Ayeti. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, my thinking is that was a dive when he should have got the band should have stood and is he going to come back and hurt us tonight? Well, okay, that's a good question because you, you never truly hear the end of these disciplinary matters, Mark, because the players will either play or not play the next game and then it kind of run was on. So Brian saying he thought Ayeti was lucky to get off with that dive and now he's free to play St Mirren tonight. What was your take on that one since we're going round on the, the disciplinary issues? I, you know, I, I had to watch it several times and, and I don't think it's it's conclusive. I think there's the slightest, the slightest touch p- perhaps from um, from Colin Doyle's glove or, or, or his fist. Or, I'm not sure. That said, Whatever, what if there was uh, any contact? I don't think it was enough to spark the reaction the way that um, a yeti uh, went down. So um, I was slightly surprised um, that the 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 the, the, the ban um, didn't um, stand. Uh, so yeah, I can see the the point where uh, where Brian's coming from. Yeah, Brian, I nearly brought up that point just to continue the roof narrative. I nearly brought up the point that. You know, if a Yeti scores tonight, we'll, we've, we've got a talking point for next week. We'll sit, uh, sit there and feel aggrieved after after the the result today. And I think it was me and Gary Holt last week. It was the one that we disagreed on. For me, it's a dive. Uh, like Mark says, that there seems as if there's slight contact, but for me, nowhere near enough mm-hmm. to go down. I think the the parent decision was was ultimately the wrong one. So, uh, as a player, you know, you you, you you touched on it earlier about tackles. For me, I, I'm not too bothered about tackles because. I don't see any malice intent in tackles. Sometimes they're mistimed, they're misjudged. But diving is something I would love to see um, out of the game. I think it's just mm-hmm. certainly more frustrated if decisions go against you as a player if someone's dived and, yeah. and, and conned the referee. And, and ultimately, for me last week, mm-hmm. it was a diving, no penalty. Andy, see on that, I, I'm really delighted that you've made that point. And you know, what? I was I thought it was brilliant to hear Davy Moyes' press conference the other day when he spoke about, and, and I thought he handled it brilliant. He said he's highlighting the fact that, that West Ham haven't had a penalty this season. But she's maybe one of the reasons why because I tell my players do not go down mm-hmm. if you can stay on your feet. I've long said to 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 Fraser Wisher on this program many times, Andy, and I'd love to see it. And it would be um, a trailblazing moment for the PFA in Scotland if they all came out together as one at the start of a campaign and said we do not um, condone diving amongst our fellow professionals. Yeah. And it's because you're right. It's you know if it's a tackle, it's mistimed, or somebody makes a mistake. Mm. But the fact, and it makes referees' life so much harder as well. And they're the ones that cop the abuse if they give a, mm-hmm. a penalty when it shouldn't be. So you know the biggest culprits and all these kind of things are players, and yet players get away with it. Where's the balance then between sort of keeping up with with the modern game and this idea of of contact? Because I think most people, well, everyone acknowledges there was contact on a yeti. Was it enough to go down or not? Most people think no, but some some would argue. Um, 
I referenced it last night. We watched Salah at the weekend. It's, yep. it's like, you know, it's a tiny touch. Down you go. I like I like Mark Guidi's crusade It's very admirable But it's going to take a brave player or manager to, to be part of that And not go down And not get a penalty When you otherwise could have And you get relegated because of it And you lose your job Well what I will say is I think we're lucky in this league Because I don't think that We don't see the instance any more than we do Certainly than we do in the Premier League I think it's You know it's much more regular in that league But For me there's 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 nothing worse And, and, and like Mark says you can't be too disappointed with, with the referees because you know they've been conned into it and it's just something that I would love to see you know, slightly get eradicated as far as possible away from the game and the only way to do that is punishment mm. and I remember I think it was an incident with um, Jordan Jones while he was at Kilmarnock a couple of years ago when he played mm. for Dundee and listen I think it was a slightly different dive well, I don't that's think the thing, there, was, there was no contact there was no contact one. well th- never mind no contact there wasn't even a leg four yards within him so I think that was that was obviously slightly, uh, slightly more blatant and the, the matter of fact is we had Gary Holt who's who's been a player, who's been a manager, actually say it was a penalty. For me... And who loves Kelly. <laughs> and who well. loves Kelly, and he's got a Kelly tattoo that I've learned tonight. But <laughs> for me, no way. Because I, I just... You mm. know when a player's trying to con the referee mm. and, and, and try and try and almost feel that contact to Dyfe. And I think that's know. exactly what that scenario yeah. was. Here, here's the, the thing though, Brian, right? We get, I, I know... I, I know the way it works in this part of the world we'll, We can count them up And we look at how many have we got How many have they got And this proves that They get an easy ride And we're hard done by and so on But but that very simple example there Where Gary Holt With all his Kilmarnock feelings He said he thought it was a penalty Andy Haldy thought it was a dive Now what if that is the same mindset That's in the, the hearing yesterday People just don't quite agree It's not given retrospectively it, is that really that dramatic that people would have just a difference of opinion? Well, my my opinion personally is that there, there was no contact whatsoever and um, if Gary Holt and a lot of people have seen there is contact, then they must be watching the football with binoculars because I've never seen nothing. I haven't seen Now this is where it is difficult, Mark, right? Because I... I... I mean, unless I'm seeing something different, there's definitely contact. I'm not saying it's it's not a dive or it mm-hmm. is or it's a penalty, but I can I certainly feel like I can see contact. Yeah, but I, but I, Brian's yeah. saying he can't. So I, pff, how'd you I, how'd I, you ever agree on that? I think there was, as I said, whether it was Colin. By the way, Colin Doyle's just made a, a great save for Motherwell, mm-hmm. point blank save uh, for Kilmarnock. Um, uh, I can't remember whether it was Colin Doyle's fist or his knee. I, I think there oh, was, it was his hand. It was his hand. His hand. Yep. But I couldn't say one hundred percent that I think there was contact. I couldn't. But regardless of that, whether it was a slight touch or not, I don't think it merited the the reaction of um, a yeti the, the the way he went down. And just or while I'm on my crusade with Andy, and I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that Andy's back me up. And he's going to get into the Hearts dressing room tomorrow. Andy and, could um, start it then. Have a word with, with Stephen A. Smith and Robbie Nielsen and Lee McCulloch. Tell me this, Andy, in your career uh, in Scotland, England, and abroad, has any manager asked you to dive? I'm not saying go down when there's when there's contact. If you get a, a wee nudge, go down and and accentuate something. But have you ever been asked to dive by a manager or a player? Uh, sorry, a manager or a coach in your career? I've never been asked to dive, but there's been a scenario where I've seen a player have contact and do everything they can to stay on their feet. And they're told to go. And then they're told, go down. Which which is where I would slightly uh-huh. point the blame towards a referee because if the contact's there and, and you can see a player's mm-hmm. doing everything they can to stay on their feet and ultimately they mm-hmm. don't try and con the referee by going down, I think the referee's got to realise mm-hmm. that the contact's enough to give the penalty, but... Uh, that's that's the answer to your question, I, which I, which I think is the right thing to do. The players try to be as honest as possible to to uh, continue the action, whatever they're trying to do to, to to score a goal. And let me flip it another way as well. Then, 
Have you ever been absolutely leathered by a manager or coach for knocking down at half time or after a game? He doesn't get into the box. Aye, what fine, exactly. Aye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's probably right. To but, but, here, but here, here is the thing, then, right? So you've got a sizable cushion at the moment, so maybe it doesn't come down to this. But mm-hmm. last day of the season. Hearts need the win to go up Stephen Naismith You see him getting the slightest touch Like the one that Albion Ayeti got You're not barking from The centre circle Because you're that far back Shouting Go down No No? No definitely not Okay. I yeah. would like to think that the referee Has sees that, sees that the contact's there And the players try to stay on his feet But it's enough to still to give a penalty Okay uh, Thank you to Brian and Johnson 01419511025 Still goalless Kelly Mullerwell Mark is right The chance of the game Devante Cole header Great save Colin Doyle uh, and it stays goalless in Tommy Wright's first game in charge He's had yet another win on Beat the Pundit But let's see how he does on the full-time teaser I'll give you that question next And Mark is a Celtic fan in Cumbernauld We'll catch up with him Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141-951-1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Mark Guidi are here oh, you, you cannot wipe the smile off this guy's oh, face so Mark he came in, I mean, I thought we were never going to see him smile again When he came in having hit the pothole Burst <laughs> to his tyres That's been fixed But it's nothing to do with that He's beat the pundit victory against his good mate It's now been put on YouTube apparently One of his other mates has taken it off the radio Put it in YouTube And it's there for all to see So it'll, it'll never be removed Bragging rights once and for all Bragging rights is always nice But bragging rights When it's been someone That's been telling you for weeks That he's, that, that he's going to be the one to beat you So um, I'm chuffed ah, You sound it right Okay 01419511025 Let's see if we can bring you back Down to earth on this teaser I don't think it's too difficult I must admit But it's a good one Eric Thank you to Eric For sending the question To full time at Clyde1.com Nine players Played for Rangers Or Celtic and they've only got one solitary cap for England. Mark Guidi, what first name? What's the first one that Alan springs to mind? Thompson and Chris Sutton. Yeah. Okay, that's a good start. Andy Halliday. That was the, the two that ultimately sprung to mind. Is Michael Ball one? Yes. All right, we'll leave it there. You're making short work of that so far. You're a third of the way there. Nine players have played for Rangers or Celtic, and they've only one cap for England. Alan Thompson, Michael Ball, and Chris Sutton. Let's see what we've got. Um, between now and the end of the show Still goalless Kelly Motherwell What about the other big game tonight then Celtic going to Paisley To take on St Mirren As a Celtic fan Mark On the line Mark and Cumbernauld How confident Or otherwise are you tonight uh, Normally any of our season I would, Oh sorry Good good evening guys oh, Don't worry about that On you go Just jumps in there No that's uh, fine yeah. Don't mind that at all uh, Normally any of our season I'd be quite confident you know, but um, usually about this time every season we, hit our, we seem to hit our straps and come into a good skin in form. But for one reason or another, or for many reasons this season, it's just no work for us. And then I watched them in the last two weeks ago against Celtic and it's the first time really that Celtic outside the Old Firmians have been dominated at Celtic Park and, and St Mern were outstanding that day. And I know Lenny comes on and says, we weren't at it. But to be honest, uh, Jim Goodwin did his homework and, he, and they, they caught Celtic in the weakest part of the game, down the flanks and, in, on, and on the counter. Uh, and I am I'm very, very interested for the first time this season to watch this game because even though we've won the last couple of games, and we're, we seem to be, Edward seems to be hitting straps and a couple of players start to come onto a game. You know, um, we've seen this before, time and time again this season, and, I, and I'm, I'm very interested to see how it's going to go. Yeah, I like Jim Goodwin's interview, Mark, where he said, you know, yeah, we're going to play the exact same. And I hope, you know, Neil can listen to this if he likes. It's no secret. We'll just play the exact same. Why would you not? Yeah, he was good. You know, I like listening to 
to uh, to Jim uh, Goodwin. You know, he's I think he, he's articulate, he's intelligent, and you know he's had to come through a lot because I, I think St Mirren maybe in a run of you know eight nine games without a a win maybe October November time, and you know there was there was as you well know Gordon there was one or two mumbles that he, he could just be you know one or two defeats away from from losing his job, but he kept his composure. I think he's recruited well again in January. I think he recruited well in the summer too and just giving players time to settle in. They obviously had the COVID issues to to deal with as well, which is very, very stressful uh, on the club and in the aftermath of that uh, too. So over the PCA tonight, I think uh, St Mirren will give Celtic a really good game. But I think Celtic, when you look at their team on paper, they've got a top team. It's just that the players have been uh, underperforming to some tune. Uh, this season as I think Motherwell are going to take the lead and there it, it is it's a goal for, for Alan Campbell I think it is a good finish there 14 yards out right into the top corner good uh, breakaway from Motherwell Motherwell command up nil Motherwell one after 70 minutes but I, I would expect Celtic to, to win but as I said earlier in the programme they are going to have to play at the very best to, to beat St Mirren this season. Yeah, Mark's right. A bit of good fortune about Alan Campbell's goal at the weekend. No good fortune here. Good play, Tony Watt. Rolled it into his path. Finish in off the underside of the bar. So it's a, um, not what Tommy Wright was hoping for in his first game in charge, but still 20 minutes left. But we'll look back on that a bit more in a second, Andy Halliday. What about um, the two marks, one on the line and one in the studio, talking about St Mirren's Approach. What, what did they do particularly well that day at Celtic Park that they'll look to do tonight? Well, Mark mentioned it at the start of the show. One thing that was, that's really impressed me with St Mirren this year, actually, I watched their game against Dundee United at Tannadice where they were outstanding. I watched the highlights at the weekend against um, Kilmarnock, who we're watching tonight, and and it's that's what stood out for me. It's the, the athleticism from back to front and really, really dangerous on the counter-attack. And, and they went there with a, a clear game plan at Celtic, and, and, and Mark's right, they, they thoroughly deserve to win. And it's... Not often do you see a team, you know, I, I talk about the Ross County game, the Cup game, you know, Celtic, they had all the ball, they were, they were sort of camped around Ross County's box and, and got hit with a couple of sucker punches, but St Mirren went to the went to Celtic Park and thoroughly deserved to win the mm-hmm. game. And uh, like I said, I do feel as if you need you need athleticism in your team to compete with Rangers and Celtic, because you know they're, for the most part, they're going to have a lot of the ball and, and they can hurt you in any, any type of area. So certainly no surprise that Jim Goodwin's going with the same approach tonight, but I do feel... It, it will be a different result. You've, I think the the quality within both tw- uh, teams, and like Mark says, if if you've got Odds and Edward back in form, scoring seven and seven, then you've always got a good chance. In the space of just a couple of weeks, though, it is actually a it's a half change Celtic team mm-hmm. because Duffy's not playing, Beaton's not playing, Griffiths played that day, right. so did Sorrow and El Yunusi, right? So I think that's that's half the outfield certainly. From Paul, um, yeah, he's he's gone. Of course, I, mm-hmm. I meant from the the St Mirren game a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, Kenny's come in. Playing right back if, if that's going to be A midfield diamond Andy Which I'm, I'm sure it is And Mark on the phone Said he liked the way That St Mirren Exploited the width Against Celtic How, how do you do that What's the what, What's what's the counter From Celtic Because obviously a, a midfield diamond Is narrow So what would he need To do to, to combat that Well it depends How St Mirren Approach it Last time They, they actually They had their full back Supporting the winger On the overlap And it seemed as if It was a bit too easy For for St Mirren to put balls into the box and let's be frank Celtic have struggled with balls into the box basically all season so if you're playing a narrow midfield diamond it might just be a case of you know, one of the centre mid shuffling across to, to, to try and navigate that and create a 2v2 and, and ultimately try and stop the crosses at source because like I said once balls have came into the box Celtic have, have struggled to defend them all season so yeah I'm sure whoever plays the uh, the two wide of the centre mids again Celtic are, are nearly and they'll be wanting me to try and help out stop crossing into the box Mark are you the type of, of Celtic fan who now is 
sort of I don't know Have you written off this season Are you looking forward Are you looking at the team tonight And starting to see Right who do we build around For the future Who's definitely going to be there And, and who's going to be a main man And what other positions Are up for grabs Oh definitely I mean um, I never expected this season To go as badly as it has But um, Yeah You've got to try and take Pick the, the very little positives There is you know, Obviously Celtic are going to try And we, I want Celtic to win every game um, it's not been the case, but I, I've got to be honest. I've, I've I've been impressed with a couple of players recently, especially the wee left back Greg Taylor, who's had an absolute. Well, uh, I think he splits the Celtic fans. I let him give him a bit of hard time, mm-hmm. but I actually think he's one of the the, the better players in the last few games. Um, but I've just if, if I can, I just wanted to say this: um, for all Celtic, we've got a great squad, and I know Andy and that were saying the, the players on the park and the players on the bench, but they haven't got anybody to change the system. They play, a, they play a, a narrow diamond in midfield because they have no wingers, none at all. They've uh, got two that are injured, one, both of them are back training. Mikey Johnson's still not 100%. So if Celtic want to make a change tonight, Jim Goodwin has got it made because they're only going to play a diamond. They can't play. They've no got, Brian Christie can come in and play off the right, but he's not a right winger. They don't have uh, width. They don't have expanse. So the full-backs press up. And I understand you guys know a lot more about football than I do. but oh, don't Celtic, that. <laughs> the Celtic team that I used to watch could change it. You know, the managers before and Lennon, even Neil Lennon, Benny Rogers and Martin Neil, they could change the game. They could change the way they played. But this season, Celtic play narrow, the two up front or one up front because they have no woods. And that, I, I know how bad they are at defence. We kind of keep cross, kind of stop cross balls. But I think our main problem is that we're we're so one dimensional. We go the same way all the time, and teams now have got used to it because we can't change it. If we can change the players. But kind of change the formation I mean Mikey Johnson is on the bench And so is El Yunusi Andy I know El Yunusi's not quite the, the Kind of hug the touchline winger But I mean Is the option there? Is, yeah is... I think the benefit of the, the the diamond Is probably what Neil Lennon was, was reflecting on At the end of last season When Celtic had two strikers up front They they got the, be, uh, the best out of their partnership And Celtic haven't really had that straight partnership For, for a, a consistent number of games And like you said They do have Mikey Johnson They do have El Yunusi on the bench If they do want to go away a, a bit more with To come, off, uh, come on But we said this I think it was More than a number of weeks ago Now sometimes You don't know what you've got Till it's gone And you're talking about Greg Taylor you know, Dividing the opinions Of a Celtic fan James Forrest I, I just think he's been A massive miss for Celtic This season You're talking about a guy That gets consistent numbers Every single year And I think he's been one That, that the Celtic fans Must be desperate To get back into the fold Yeah Mark Neil Lennon confirming yesterday That he is nearing a return to training um, So that's one that we should hopefully see In the in the coming weeks I'm sure Stevie Clark's interested in that as well With the, the Euros not too far away It's interesting because Celtic have probably Looked at their best with a midfield diamond this season James mm. Forrest probably Wouldn't fit into that So is is he good enough that you then change the system um, To accommodate him These are all the types of things that Neil Lennon Would need to assess going forward Yeah um, you know, and uh, you know, James Forrest has been a terrific for Performer, I think, as well, along with likes of um, uh, Scott Brown, he was you know revitalised when uh, when Brendan Rodgers uh, took over um, at the club in the summer of two thousand and sixteen. And you know he, he then learned he came in on his his left foot as well. He came in inside. He, he, you know he could play in the number ten role every now and again. He chipped him with more goals and more assists. So he has been a big. Uh, missing a lot of the time the Celtic supporters you know un- very unfairly for a section of Celtic fans uh, James Forrest was a was a whipping boy when things didn't go uh, well but he has clearly uh, been missed this season that said had James Forrest been playing available for selection in the past uh, 20 games would, would would Celtic be at the at the top of the table or, or closer to Celtic no I don't think uh, they would be 
But he, he certainly has been a miss Maybe would Would he fit into a diamond then Andy Given Mark's just said about he, You know he has operated a bit more Centrally the older he's got Tough. I'm not sure too much I think If he's playing in a diamond He's going to be the one That's behind the two strikers And I think with Ryan Christie And Tumble there I think it's a A, a position of the pitch That Celtic are, are Are quite strong Albeit I don't think Ryan Christie Has been at his best Over the past few weeks But um, You know if Jane Forrest Does come back he'll, he'll obviously be a welcome addition To the squad And maybe you know, they, they might change the system for him I'm not too sure But what, what I will say is he'll, he'll certainly be a big boost to them We spent weeks on this show Debating Celtic fans phone And say well, Why is David Turnbull not getting in the team It certainly seems to be He's the one of the The non-negotiables at the moment Stick on every week Yeah definitely I think he's been a standout Even when Celtic haven't played well I feel as if he's always been the one That tries to get on the ball And, and try and make a difference and, and I think you look at the you know, over the last few games where Celtic have dropped points, he's always been chipping them where I go or, or an assist. And, and what I will say as well, when the when the game's tight, the game's compact, and and teams are defending quite deep, he's not scared to have a shot. And uh, you, you see, he's got a good he's got a good right foot on him. So I think he's been the biggest plus probably for Celtic over the last couple of months. And you talk about Steve Clark, you know, thinking it'll be a big boost to get James Forrest uh, back if if David Tumble continues this form, will he make his, his way into Steve Clark's plans for the summer? I'm looking forward to getting stuck into those debates in the coming weeks because there are big decisions to be made. Um, some players doing good things down south as well. Thank you to Mark. Let's bring in Joe, who's also a Celtic fan in Carntine. What's on your mind tonight, Joe? Hello, I was just listening to you speaking there as well about David Tumble. I think he's been a brilliant player for Celtic if he's been brought into the team. That's one of the type of things I'm looking for in a player, especially a midfielder, to get a bit of space and try and get a yard and try to look for a shot at goal. Has he surprised you at all, Joe? Because I know Celtic wanted him for a long time and they paid a big fee, but I think Neil Lennon's actually said as much. You get the impression that he has surprised people inside Celtic Park as to just how comfortable he's been. Does he surprise you? I didn't see too much of him when he was at Motherwell but I sort of trust the, the Celtic judgement that's why they brought him in sort of a thing so I'm not too surprised but also in the same thing I think we've we James Forrest has been sorely missed this season sorely missed uh, and I think if he was playing we would be playing with wingers we wouldn't be playing that diamond effect I think we James Forrest could have made a difference not saying that he would have but it would have definitely helped our cause because the wee guy is just uh, the pundits were saying there He's contributed every season with goals And assists And he's been sorely missed this season yeah. What are you thinking ahead of tonight then? I think we Celtic should probably win the night uh, As I said to the producer there on the phone I said lightning doesn't strike twice But that's usually in the same place I know we're about to home the night But I think we should win the night uh, But Oh um, Another wee thing mm-hmm. if I can sure. uh, It was regarding We were talking about these Retrospective Yellow cards and red cards and that. Yep. The Ajeti one. Mm-hmm. I think that he dived. I think he was touched, but no enough to go down. I agree with Andy Halliday there. He's totally right. And as I said to the producer, I've got a couple of young sons that played football and always drummed it into them when they were younger. Never go down, never dive. If a player takes a kick at you, stay on your feet if you can. And if it's a decent enough referee, he'll pull it back, he'll give you a foul, penalty, whatever else. And I totally mm-hmm. hate all these players diving So you, as a Celtic fan you, you actually thought A Yeti was Lucky to get off of that yesterday Definitely Because I think It's totally soft It was Fair enough It might have been touched But it, it's been touched So lightly enough To go down You see it every week Across uh, across Europe Across the world All these players That have barely been touched And they're falling down Just to emphasise The fact that it was a fibble mm. No one my eyes 
I was always brought up to try and stay on your feet if you can. If it's a decent enough referee, they'll pull it back. Is that not the problem though, right, Joel? Loads of people would say, but, but referees don't. If you stay on your feet, they just don't give them. I know, I know it's a hard one for the players especially, but does that mean if you get if you get tugged a couple of times and you stay on your feet and you don't get a penalty, does that mean I'm going to go down the next time? Because in my eyes, that's cheating. Yeah, I think you two agreed. You, you laid your cards on the table with that one earlier. I just wonder if the... That horse bolted quite a while ago we're, we're probably never getting back to that are we? <laughs> no but listen I agree with what Joe's saying I think it's uh, You know sometimes it's difficult Sometimes you do want a referee Because uh, you don't want to see any type of contact People falling on the ground trying to win a fill You want to see players try to be as honest, po- honest as possible Staying on their feet and, and try to continue the action Or whatever they're trying to do But at the same time You know if there's contact there in the box And a player's honest enough to try and stay on his feet To, to get the ball and but he can't quite get there because of that contact. You want to see the referee intervene and, and try and punish him. But with it, you know, he mentioned uh, uh, he also feels that Ajetis uh, was a dive. I don't want to sit here and call out players and uh, and saying that you know that it should be punished left, right, and centre. But if players do get punished for these offences, you'd like to think they won't do it again. Andy, we've, we've, referees have come in for a bit, a bit of criticism, certainly spotlight on them for a number of instances in the, in the past few weeks. Who's the best? Can I, if you want, wouldn't ask you to name the best ref. Who's the best two referees? Mm. In the country in your opinion At the moment I always just judge it on Because I think every referee Is going to make a mistake Just like the players do So I, I always just judge it on What referee Do I feel as if I can have a conversation with if, if I do feel they've got something wrong They'll explain to me Why they've made that so decision Communication yeah, Communication thing. And I always feel that John Beaton and Bobby Madden Are the two That you can have a sort of A conversation with And they'll explain to you Why they gave that decision And why they felt it was right Or why they thought it was wrong And sometimes In the occasion They'll hold their hands up And say Listen I might have got that uh, that one wrong so they'd probably be my two Bobby Madden I mentioned as well My first sending off um, At Ibrooks it was against Hibs uh, It was for a sort of A headbutt um, Animal and, and Bobby Madden sent me off that night for it Ultimately it, 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 the red card got rescinded He ends up going home And, and sees it in the television And three weeks, four weeks later When he when he does a Rangers game Again the first thing he does Is come up to me and apologise for it So after that it's you saying no problem You made a mistake And, and you move on So that's what I, I like to see in a ref Alright what about this teaser Thank you to Joe From Carntine Nine players have played For either Rangers or Celtic And they've got one cap And one cap only For England You've got Alan Thompson Michael Ball Chris Sutton I'll take one more From and you Mark Guidi Michael Gray No Andy Halley. An ex teammate of mine John Flanagan John Flanagan yes Great shout Well done One more Mark Guidi Another guess uh, Matt Walters Yes we're going back To the oh. early 90s For that one Good shout So one two three to get We'll get them next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Right, we're into the last part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Um, it's still Kelly nil, Motherwell one. A couple of minutes of the 90 to go, so I'm sure it'll be a, a tense finish there as Tommy Wright looks to get a point, uh, maybe rescue something in his, last, uh, in his first game in charge, I should say. We are building up to kickoffs in Mirren Celtic. We'll go back there because remember it's an 8 o'clock kickoff in that one, just to confuse things even further. Uh, on the teaser, nine players have played for either Rangers or Celtic and they've only got one. Cap for England Great response as always on Twitter Milo's throwing a few names in here for me What else have we got? Uh, you two have got John Flanagan Alan Thompson Michael Ball Chris Sutton And Mark Walters Mark Weedy will take one more Four to get a, I'm, I'm just trying to think back to Graham Soon as it's time So I'll throw in Paul Rydout No uh, Francis Jeffers The fox in the box Francis Jeffers Well done 2003 oh, 
Nå, tror jeg, nej, nej, Foster? No. I'll throw one more from the way by early in the game soon as era. Mark Falco? No, but the right era. For what, what era? So back mid to late 80s. There's one, oh. more, there's one late 80s, there's one late 90s, there's one late 2000s. There you go. Nice oh, all from Rangers? Uh, yes, actually, yeah, all from Rangers. You've got all the. So I've got three Rangers players to get 80s, yeah. 90s, and. Yeah, I mean, Nandy wasn't born for the. The first one. Oh, so. oh, I think. Well, okay. Well, try one from uh, Walter. Oh, Sentine. sorry, 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 no. sorry. One is Celtic. I'm totally. Right, James Beatty. No. No. Right. Sorry. The the late nineties one is Celtic. I forgot about him in the middle. Right. Paul uh, Elliott. No, no. Later on him. Okay. Uh, let's bring in David, who's a Rangers fan from Cumbernauld. Hi, David. Evening, panel. How's it going? I fine. I was just wondering if I could talk to you about uh, Rangers' chances uh, getting through the later stages of Europe. Go for it. I think we're doing uh, really quite well. Um, even when we've went behind in Europe, we've shown the strength of character to get back. So I really do think there's no lot of teams that I'm scared of in the European league. So I think we could maybe get the semi-finals if uh, all, all things go good. Publicly, Andy, they'll tell us they're taking one game at a time. <laughs> would Rangers have serious designs now, especially given the fact that the league looks to be wrapped up? Would they internally ramp up the, the hopes then for the Europa League and, and try and... I'm, I'm, sure, I'm not saying they weren't going to try anyway, but yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, can you I know look? what you mean. Maybe if the, the league gets wrapped up as soon as they possibly can, they might uh, you know make a few changes and lead up to the Europa, the, the Europa League game that will be coming up in the, in the Thursday, but... The way I see it is the, the Rangers team last year ultimately got to the last 16 and came up against a really good Bayer Leverkusen side. I think this team and this squad this year is better. So I don't see any any reason why they can't get any further. I think you look at They've got to be lucky in the draw. Uh, you know, if they come up against the likes of you know, Inter Milan, Man United, ultimately it's, 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 uh, it's bigger squads, it's better teams. But I don't see any reason why they can't beat them over two legs because you. You know, sometimes we've actually seen the best of this Rangers team in Europe. Um, I do fancy them to beat Antwerp in the next round, and uh, yeah, I see no doubt why they why they can go one further. But you know, a, a good draw here and there will certainly help. Mark Guidi, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Rangers will be, will be confident going into the, the game against Royal Antwerp. Uh, they're in Belgium uh, a week tomorrow. Um, I think that the, the kind of stage suits players, particularly you know guys such as. Is Ryan Kent? I think Ryan Kent's form domestically, um, you know, not been as consistent as it was in the the sort of first 15, 16, 17 games of the of the season. But I think he'll really relish European football starting up again. And I, I agree with Andy. Um, I th- I think that Rangers can can win the tie and and getting into the last eight. It, it's not a distraction. It lets Rangers get back into that rhythm. Uh, it gives players more game time. Keeps players hungry to show what they can do. Uh, it means that you know, such as a performance such as Sunday won't be tolerated uh, by Steven Gerrard, and uh, I think with Rangers mm. being so far ahead in the league, they, they really could make a bit of, uh, make real inroads into the the Europa League. What are your own hopes for it, David? Well, um, I think we we did really quite well last last year, but obviously we came up against Bayer Leverkusen. Um, there were two hopes of beating that team. Um, the team's improved since last year and they've got better and better every time. They hardly can see the goal at all. Um, I'm reminded of the later stages of, earlier stages of Europe that we went down quite badly, but we, we fought and we got back there. And, you know, I think it's just the Steven Gerrard effect and he, he, mm. he fills, fills 
fills me anyway with hope and optimism. Yeah, I mean, Andy, we've even had some a caller on, and I've seen a, a couple on Twitter actually saying they feel Rangers are um, are lacking something from not playing Thursday Sunday. They mm-hmm. actually felt that suited Rangers, and that's when Rangers were at their best, that constant momentum, and now only playing one game a week is, yeah. is somehow behind. You can't call it a slump Let's be honest It's nowhere yeah. near that But you know what I mean Maybe slightly off the levels I don't know if I agree With because it's not Thursday, Sunday Where I do think is I think Rangers form has dipped For a number of weeks But they've not really had to get out A second or third gear To get a result So the pressure's changed So I think the pressure's changed I think ultimately At the weekend there They were punished for not playing well So maybe that mm. kickstarts them again And when the Thursday, Sunday games do come like Mark says, I think a number of players will, uh, will up their game against better opposition, uh, opposition and ultimately a bigger test. Right, full-time Rugby Park. Let's get the story of Kilmarnock Motherwell with Andrew McLean. Yeah, Kilmarnock nil. Motherwell won the full-time score at the BPSP Stadium and Alan Campbell's second-half strike resigns Tommy Wright to defeat in his first game in charge of the home side. Kelly nearly made it the perfect start to life under Wright in the first minute. Nicky Kabamba got a header away in the box but it was deflected just wide. Neither keeper really tested at all for the rest of the opening 45 minutes a couple of efforts that either went straight at the goalkeepers or heading just wide Kilmarnock looked to start with the most intent in the second half Rory McKenzie having a powerful shot blocked they couldn't capitalise on that spell of pressure and ended up having Colin Doyle to thank shortly after that for a brilliant save from point blank range from a diving header from Devante Cole although Colin Doyle wasn't able to do anything about the next effort 70 minutes in Tony Watt received the ball on the turn played in Alan Campbell and his strike came off the underside of the bar before bouncing in. Liam Kelly tested once by Nicky Kabamba right at the end as Kilmarnock pushed for an equaliser but they couldn't find it meaning that it's a losing start for Tommy Wright. The full time score at the VPSP Stadium is Kilmarnock nil. Motherwell won. Big win that Andy Halliday. Huge win and it's a disappointing start for Tommy Wright. That's six games without a win now for Kilmarnock. I've got to say it wasn't a great game to watch but no, Kilmarnock probably had more of the Speak ball Speak for yourself <laughs> Kilmarnock probably had a, a bit more of the ball But what I will say is Any time that Motherwell attacked Kilmarnock never really looked too sure defensively So, you know, Tommy Wright's got a big job in his hands Because, you know, six games without a win It's not looking too pretty for Kilmarnock Mark Guidi, how are Kilmarnock fixed To stay in the division now that Tommy Wright's in charge? Uh, they're, 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 I think they'll be fine I think they'll get there But, you know, a bit of work to do I mean, I think most clubs in that kind of bottom six It looks like a kind of bo- bottom seven at the moment, you want to get to 35 points as quickly as you can. I think 35 points will, will more than likely um, keep it's, you It's up. always roughly a point a game, isn't it? Just Maybe yeah, just below. Yeah, 35. You want to be really safe. Yeah, 30, but I think 35 will be enough to, to guarantee you uh, safety. So, come on, I've got a bit of work to do. Big win for, for, for Motherwell. Um, uh, tonight that's for sure and uh, credit to, to Graham Alexander and his, his players Yeah it opens a little bit of a gap now so Kilmarnock are in 10th they're 4 points behind Motherwell but Motherwell have a game in hand they also have a game in hand over St Johnson and Dundee United who are 2 and 3 points respectively above them so yeah 7th to seventh down the way is, is really really tight at the moment so we'll watch that with interest as the season progresses let's go back to the Samiza Stadium and get a recap of the teams for St Mirren against Celtic with Alison Conroy it's three changes for St Mirren for this week one an unchanged Celtic starting 11 Jack Anik in goal for St Mirren back three Ryan Fraser Joe Shockensay and Conor McCarthy then it'll be the four of Dylan Conley Jake Doyle Hayes Ethan Erahon and Ilkay Dermis with Jamie McCarthy and Ryan Flynn behind the lone striker of John Obika on the bench for St Mirren Tate Mason McAllister McPherson Finlayson 
Erwin, Linus, Henderson and Jameson. For Celtic, Scott Bain in goal, a back four of John Joe Kenny, Chris Iyer, Stephen Welsh and Greg Taylor. The midfield four will be Scott Brown, Cal McGregor, Tom Rogic and David Turnbull, with Albina Yeti and Odson Edward up top. On the bench for Celtic tonight, Barkas, Duffy, Griffiths, Clamalla, Soro, Christie, Johnson, Illinusi and Laxalp. And your referee at the Smyza Stadium tonight is Don Robertson. How do we see that one going then? Time for a, a wee prediction. How's it going to go, Mark? 2-1 Celtic. Okay. Oh. No, you're two in the same wavelength, are you? I was going to say 2-1, but I don't like being the same, so I'll go for... 6-3 go 1-0 1-0 Right okay Odson Edward Is he back among the goals He's in a decent run isn't he At the moment I think it's a cert to be a yeti Just to give you know, The show a talking point For the next week Oh great I, I can't Because <laughs> I'd love to talk about Diving and disciplinary issues Again tomorrow Why not In fact when is Stephen Gerrard Doing his press conference Because he'll get asked about Kamar Roof And then we'll speak about it again And then something else Will happen at the weekend And uh, I'll go home with a headache Every night from now Until the end of time Anyway um, Enough about that What about this teaser then We're looking Aye. for Two oh. more Three more players Three. who've played for Rangers or Celtic with one cap for England. Kevin Heron has got the Celtic one you're looking for. I think I've, I think I might have. I'm going to have another stab at the, the one from the Graham Sunnis era. Right. Mel Sterling. Yes, what a great shout that is. Mel Sterling. Right, that's too good for me. That okay. Uh, one Celtic and one Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what well, can I I was going to say Stuart Slater. No, 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 later. So it'll be about Mar- about Martin O'Neill era. Well, it is Martin O'Neill era. Because he's, he's Oh up. I've got it Yeah Steve Guppy Steve Guppy Andy Halliday I can't believe we're having this discussion Did you hear that? That means the show's about to come to an end Mark Weedy you don't say anything Halliday needs to take this one okay. For sure I've not played with him Oh yes you have Oh you certainly have I thought you said it was late 2000s Oh when he got his cap sorry It was oh. late 2000s oh. Joy Barn your old pal Joseph Joey Barton There we go 2007 he got his cap uh, well, You give him a call tonight On the way up the road And tell him all about your tyre And your beat the pundit victory And that one as well We can reminisce about the good times Right that was Joey Barton The last answer Kumar McNeil Motherwell won a full time score Livingston Hamilton Don't keep an eye out for that one It's not going ahead Due to the snow St Mirren Celtic Is a big one though It goes ahead in Paisley in just a couple of minutes, which means tomorrow we will look back on all the big talking points. This is Scottish football. There will be talking points. So make sure you join us. Gordon DL and Mark Wilson will be here. And in the meantime, Callum Gallagher is up next. One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. For an unpredictable world, talk to Thompson's.com.